0: Hi and welcome to the Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist and I'm the online editor at the Strad. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you either use a bow or make bows, which are highly likely to be made from Pernambuco. Type of wood, native to Brazil. And if you've been keeping an eye on the news on thestrad.com recently, you would have seen that Pernambuco wood has been the subject of many headlines. Earlier this year, the Brazilian government proposed to reclassify Pernambuco wood under Cites Appendix 1 from Appendix 2, which would have placed all sorts of restrictions on the travel and trade of the wood. A disaster for travelling musicians and luthiers who would need new documentation for their bows. I recently spoke with Heather Noonan, Vice President for Advocacy, League of American Orchestras. She attended the 19th SITES meeting in Panama City, where on the 25th of November, a decision was made to keep Pernambuco under Appendix 2 with modified wording. What does that mean for you? Heather explains what the modified classification entails as well as what measures musicians and bow makers can take to ensure the future of this precious wood. Here's Heather. Heather, welcome to the Strad podcast. So I'll just introduce you to listeners who might not know who you are, but you are the Vice President for Advocacy, League of American Orchestras. And you're speaking with me today because you've just arrived back to the States having spent some time in Panama City at the 19th Sites Convention, the Convention on International Trade in Endangered Species of Wild Flora and Fauna. I can see why they call it Sites now. <laughs> so basically, Sites has been in the string instrument news headlines over the last few months, the last few weeks, concerning the future of Pernambuco wood, you know, the wood that bows are made out of, the native tree of Brazil, basically. And this is to do with moving its classification from Sites Appendix 2 to Appendix 1 and the, the implication that that proposal would have had. So, you know, can you explain to us what would a move from Appendix 2 to Appendix 1, what would that have meant for bowmakers and musicians around the world?
1: Sure. So prior to this proposal being offered, Pernambuco Wood was already listed in what's called Appendix 2 of CITES, which means that for any wood that was being exported or moving across borders, it had to have a CITES permit attached to it all the way up to what's called a bow blank stage. So that would be all the way up from raw wood to wood that's basically in a general shape of a bow, but has not yet been made into a bow yet. Uh, so already uh, there, we were aware that Pernambuco was being Uh, covered under CITES as an endangered species, and bow makers were using the CITES permit process just to move the somewhat raw wood across borders. When Brazil uh, initiated its proposal to move this to Appendix One, the change in the experience of that permit process would have been quite severe. So every musician with a Pernambuco bow would have been required to get a CITES Protected Species Permit to travel internationally just for performances. And we call that kind of travel non-commercial travel. Under CITES, non-commercial travel includes performing for a concert for paid tickets, Um, but moving across borders just to perform would have required a permit for every musician. And those permits can be challenging to get, but they're very challenging to use. Uh, They have to be credentialed at every border, by a CITES official, and the process for that varies from country to country. So we knew that that would be a challenge with without a, a related conservation benefit for trees growing in Brazil. The other big change is that it would have severely restricted any commercial sales of Pernambuco bows, or even the wood, and especially the wood used to make them. So there would be very few exceptions for being able to get a commercial permit to do ongoing trade in the many bows that have been made for over 200 years in the history of what we know as the modern bow.
0: So am I right in thinking that there was this proposal to move Pernambuco to Appendix 1, which is meant to protect, you know, species from extinction, but Pernambuco is not going extinct, right? There are environmental measures that are taking place in order to continue its conservation, right?
1: Right. So there's no actually no disagreement uh, about the threatened status of the Pernambuco tree. Its population size has been dwindling. It grows only in a very specific region in Brazil, in the Atlantic forest. And that region has been subject to all kinds of environmental pressures and sustainability pressures. So over time, Brazil and also CITES has put into place conservation measures to protect wild-grown Pernambuco, which for many years now has not been available for commercial harvest. Um, and meanwhile, bow makers with the International Pernambuco Conservation Initiative for the last 20 years have been working on the ground in Brazil to plant seedlings to help with reforestation, but also to plant uh, plantation-grown Pernambuco to see if there could be a sustainable future for growing Pernambuco outside of the wild for ongoing use in musical instruments. But right, there's no disagreement that the wild-grown species of Pernambuco is in need of continued protection, and that's actually what placed it under original CITES controls.
0: I just realized I was calling it CITES, but it's CITES. It's
1: said both ways. So if oh, there's yeah okay. so you know as acronyms go <laughs> they they can be said either way it's common
0: to be to say CITES, that we've heard people say sites before as well. Oh okay. Great. So you know following this trip that you made to sites sites uh, in Panama City last week from which you've just returned we know that recently an agreement has been made to keep Pernambuco would in Appendix 2, but with modified wording. So can you tell us a little bit about the decision-making process, what happened during that time that you were in in Panama City, and what this means going forward?
1: Certainly. So one thing to know about uh, how CITES works is that there are 184 global parties to this treaty, and so they send representatives uh, every three years to sit together and contemplate Levels of CITES controls that can help best conserve both trade in the species and the health of the species itself. So the goal of CITES is to strike that balance and to help support sustainable trade. So when this issue came up on the agenda, there was some initial conversation among the full gathered or you know organizations and representatives there. Um, But it's primarily a conversation between the voting governmental parties to the treaty. There are non-voting observers like my organization and our partners and several other international music stakeholder organizations that come to these gatherings to help inform the debate and give them facts and data about the status of trade, uh, help them understand how CITES permits work from the trade side of the equation. Uh, So after an initial conversation where it was clear there was not consensus to advance the appendix one proposal by Brazil, the next process was to form a working group among interested parties and stakeholders to find a compromise solution that could both support Brazil's needs for conservation and also ongoing trade. Uh, So a small group met, um, the EU put forward an alternative proposal And essentially what their proposal did was respond to Brazil's number one concern. Their number one concern was the potential for illegal exports of protected Pernambuco leaving Brazil and entering into trade. So essentially what this compromise worked out was that for anything departing Brazil for the first time, the first time the Pernambuco leaves Brazil, it should be accompanied with a CITES permit. And that way, any recipient can guarantee that it was legally exported from Brazil. Meanwhile, any Pernambuco that's already outside of Brazil and goes across borders as a finished musical instrument would not be subject to CITES permit requirements. So, just like I mentioned before, if it's wood going from one country to another If it's all the way up to a bow blank phase, a rectangular piece of wood that could be fashioned into a bow blank, that is still subject to international CITES controls crossing every border. But for musicians and for those buying and selling bows, which are often musicians person to person, if that's already outside of Brazil, then it won't require that extra CITES permit.
0: Okay, so that must be a huge relief to musicians, traveling musicians and luthiers who are traveling around finding wood to make these bows. So if it's already out of Brazil, basically, you won't need a CITES permit. You'll just be able to travel freely.
1: At the finished product stage, that's right, which is what is of most concern to most musicians.
0: I mean, I'm speaking as a cellist. It's already hard enough to travel with a cello. So with that extra little bit on top, that would be um, <laughs> a bit of a mission. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and I'll say, um, you know, while we're we're relieved that this new level of control that wouldn't necessarily help <laughs> the species in Brazil, instead of putting your extra costs and attention and time to navigating this permit process, we do hope that the music community and musicians can start to take some other actions and funnel some of that energy in some other directions that will help Pernambuco and and the future of bow travel and trade, and and that is to really start thinking about how would you document the source of that bow that you hold in your hand? So we should all be concerned about whether the instruments we're playing that were harvested from species that are now under protection, whether those were legally harvested. We should all be concerned about whether as they move across borders, we're sure that they're being legally traded and above all, that we do everything we can to support conservation and sustainability in Brazil. You know, the future of bow making from this material really will count on the status of the species in Brazil being healthy. So we had more than 55 international music groups rally together to make our case societies, to put in place reasonable controls that help conservation and music. I hope that we can now organize ourselves towards this new aim around what could we do collectively to help support the tree growing in Brazil, and what can we do to start the very complicated process of putting some documentation behind these existing bows that are you know, held in every musician's hand.
0: I think if anything, this has really sort of hit home for a lot of musicians, a lot of bow makers, how we mustn't take this precious wood for granted. And I think because it came so close to becoming quite disastrous. Now is the time for these people, these musicians, these bow makers to start thinking proactively, what can we do to raise awareness, be aware, and also the measures that we need to take to ensure we don't go down that hole. Yes, exactly.
1: The agreement that was made under CITES that changes the listing somewhat was accompanied with some policy decisions that are meant to set some of that activity in place over the course of the next three years. So there are decisions that CITES parties will be working on together around building more capacity in Brazil to conserve the species and also putting in step some traceability measures so that you could document, if someone were to ask you, can how would you demonstrate when you bought this bow? Could you... Possibly know, was it made before the species came under protection in 2007? And you start with simple yeah. questions like that. What are the things you do know? And then try to fill in the gaps. That traceability project is voluntary right now. Um, so it's not a, a, a mandate, but I think we should take it on ourselves to go ahead and put it in place before it becomes a requirement that we're not prepared to meet
0: wow yeah so anyone listening you heard it here first start thinking about these things before it becomes an even bigger issue than it already is Heather thanks for sharing your thoughts on the future of Pernambuco with us thank you great to be here with you I appreciate it That was Heather Noonan. We'll pop a link in the show notes to the article on our website, which explains the decision. And huge thanks to Heather for joining me today. And don't forget to head to our website, thestrad.com, to check out the latest news, articles, and reviews on all things to do with string playing. And if you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. We've got 50% off an online subscription for students, And if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for seven days. Start reading right away with no strings attached. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review or rating. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye.